Who is? Who else is in the midfield? Who's it gonna be? I'm telling you, Scott, it's the best guy Scott, that's left in their entire midfield. I can't so. wait, Scott. You're gonna have to come around on this. No, his uh, window is past. Oh, shot. he's a young lad. No, come on, Scott. I'm getting burnt in James Ward. I'll tell you who I'm not. I'll tell you who's not on my list. Anyone who's playing forward. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is part two of our season preview. I hope you enjoyed part one. You are going to love part two. Let's dive in. That takes us to Liverpool. And I feel like we could do the same thing we did with Huddersfield and name nine different guys, but these would all be actually nine guys. That you'd want to play. That you want to play that are a little (laughs) more premium priced. Sure. Uh, so this comes down to strategy then with what you want to do with your money. Now, I'm going to blow you away with my first choice. Scott, you go, I was going to say, I want is your club? You go first. That means Brian gets to go twice because he'll get to go first on Spurs and West Ham. But c- continue. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You should have to pick one. Uh, number one, Nabby Keita. Okay. Stupid. But seven, seven and a half pounds in the midfield. He has played a very forward uh, position in preseason so far. I think he will be the the surprise it signing of this summer's window like Mo Salah was last summer. And at seven and a half, you could do a lot worse. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. What player in that position, in the position that Nabi Keita is playing, what player last year was any relevance in fantasy scoring? Philip Coutinho. No. Coutinho was never relevant last year. You're talking about two years ago. I think, well, I mean, you're limiting it to last year. I mean, he's going to I mean, continue. Is he, playing, play, is he playing a number 10? Is Keita playing a number 10 for Liverpool? He's going to slot in, yeah, somewhere somewhere behind the same But you can't definitively front. say. Is, is I don't it, think you can definitively say where anyone's playing except Virgil, the top three. Andy Robertson, well, and Allison. Fair enough. Maybe the front well, three. We know where Salah's playing. But we know where Mane's playing. Is very fluid. We know where Firmino's playing. Nabi is going to come into this lineup. He I, I might know. take a couple of weeks to acclimate like Mo Salah did last year. Sure. Uh, right? Uh, listen, I'm not saying he's a bad player. My point being is is what it recently, in the, since Klopp's been there, what player in that position has produced on fantasy points on the field I would venture to say no one. That's just my opinion. Continue to move on. I for, forgive me for interrupting. That's all right. I, I do disagree. Uh, I like Virgil. I, you could easily convince sure. me to do Robertson there instead. You know that Liverpool defender line. But I like Virgil. I think over the course of the season, Virgil will score more points at six pounds overall than Andy Robertson will, who is also at six pounds, mm-hmm. by the way. Yep. And then the question of the season is: Do you attempt to own a thirteen-pound Mo Salah? That's the question of the season. I, I agree completely. That 13-pound price tag is the only reason why he is third on my list. And as my lineup looks now, I do not have Mo Salah in it. Right. And it's Strictly not because, because I can't get to the money. I can't get to the price tag. It's a tag. lot of money, man. It's a ton of money. And so like, I have money to spend. I just I'm not willing to sell the one guy I could sell to get there, who is Leroy Sané. More on him later on. So... That is that's a hard question to answer. You easily could name three other guys with Liverpool and probably do okay. Dave, give me yours. Well, Brian, go ahead. 
Well, my three, my number one is uh, Sadio Mane. Yeah. And it's, and it's mostly because thinking at the start of last season, he scored at least in his first three matches. And if it wasn't for the Manchester City suspension, yeah. I don't see why that would have slowed down until his hamstring blew up. Right. No, Sadio Mane, especially if Mane is going to be on penalties. Which it seems like he is. He did take the penalty uh, against Manchester United, despite Mo Salah's argumentation requiring an intervention on behalf of James Milner. The LRD, locker room dad. Mane took the penalty. Liverpool echo saying this is Mane's time. Yeah. Mane should be doing this. Yeah. If Sadio Mane is on penalties at nine and a half. I agree. Sadio Mane is, uh, I mean, I feel like he's a central midfielder. I, I agree completely. Um, Andy Robertson's my number two. Yeah. But mostly just because I, 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 wanted, I, want, I wanted what everyone else wanted last year, which was Andy Robertson to play. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. he got there, it was like, yes, finally. And then, and then Champions League happened, and it was like, no, you took him away from us again. <laughs> Firmino's my number three, but because, again, nine and a half for a, for a forward who scored as much as he did. I, I, last season was hard because he dropped off so much by the end of the year. You know, He finished with however many twos and ones in a row you know, to completely end the season, but still finished as, what, the third best or fourth best striker, I think. The thing that makes me really nervous about about Salah is that his ownership is going up. It's not, I mean, I get that it's, you know, as of, uh, you know, like three, four o'clock on Sunday, August 5th, 2018, he was 51% owned, almost 52%. Are you serious? Half, it's it's half, like people are putting him in first and then fitting in pieces around him. Yeah, and, it, and, and not too long ago, it was in the 40s. And so the fact that it's going up and up it makes me more and more nervous that not having him, I don't know, you could get hung out to dry. And then the, the, the issue of you know him being a, like a first choice, like automatic captain pick changes a lot. And so, yeah, is he going to do the same as he did last year? I can't imagine he does, but still, it's just that that ownership is, you know, you got to really got to make up those points somewhere. But Assuming he scores them. True. So that's number three. So my so my three, if I had to pick it, it would be Mane, Andy Robertson, and Firmino. Okay. Uh, Salah just on the outskirts. I, my number one is Robertson. Like, okay. he's in my lineup. Brian, you and I have talked about this briefly, and Scott, I can't remember if we've discussed it or not, but I love going forward wingbacks who are moving forward. So defensive fullbacks who are playing in a – in a three-back, really they're playing more of a midfield position. Bottom line is, I like those guys going forward. Give me as many of those as I can get. Robertson, no one, no defender, once he started for Liverpool, scored more points per week than Andy Robertson. Give me that guy. Uh, number two is Mane. Okay? All the reasons Brian just mentioned. I don't need to go into them again. Give me some Sadio Mane. And then number three is... Trent Alexander-Arnold slash Nath- or Klein. Is it Nathaniel That's Klein? That's a good yeah. question. Sla- if, sla- if, so it's Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. slash Nathaniel Klein. If Nathaniel Klein is playing week one, $5 Nathaniel Klein exactly. for, for a game 
that you can switch to Trent Alexander Arnold for the same price at some point. So I love that play. So so I love I, it. I think the Liverpool defense is going to ever since Virgil Van Dyke and Robertson started games, Liverpool's defense, even despite Carius, was amazing. Okay. Since they've got better at goalkeeper, in my opinion, adding Allison and or what's his last name, Becker or whatever. Be- it's Allison. We go with we'll, Allison. We'll go with Allison. He's Brazilian. Bottom line is, since they added him, Liverpool greatly addressed a need that they needed to. Liverpool's offseason was fantastic. I think Liverpool has a great chance at winning the league this year. I think, as much as everyone wants to focus on their offense, and I get it, I love Salah. I hated him last year. I didn't hate him. I just kind of doubted him, and he abs- absolutely proved me wrong. My point for for not even having Salah in here, Scott, is the same reason why you did. His price is too much. He had a record-setting year last year. I think that that he will have a good year. He'll have probably he might have a great year. Will he have a record-setting year again this year? Chances are probably not. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's not a great a great player. He is a great player. But we're talking fantasy, and therefore I think he is not a great fantasy play because I can spend that money elsewhere in my midfield. So anyways, my three. I think the Liverpool defense is fabulous. Scott, I don't knock you for, for, for Virgil. I think he's going to have a great fantasy year. Give me some, some guys who are a little bit more attacking in Robertson and or Klein and or Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm starting with Klein because I think TAA is not going to start week one. But as soon as TAA takes that position, I'll make that transfer. Give me two Liverpool defenders. I know that might sound crazy. I currently have two in my lineup now. Give me two Liverpool defenders moving forward. That's my part to, to Liverpool. That free transfer every week is a valuable item. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to buy or transfer someone in that I know I'm going to have to transfer out. Basically, you're spending a free transfer before the season has started. With yeah, Klein. but I'm not planning on making a ton of transfers. I love my team right now. <laughs> okay, wait till week injuries one. happen. I love <laughs> my team week one. But nothing changes after the first exactly. week. <laughs> exactly. All right, interesting. Interesting insight there. Uh, you guys have sold me on Sadio Mane, by the way. Listen, the can, but we should say it forever. This The title of podcast... Fantasy Soccer FC should be the same for everyone, which is Mo Salah, yes or no. And and yeah. the I, I cannot, I, I feel like it is so, the people who are definitively pro-Salah are so firmly pro-Salah. And anyone who is not putting him in seems to be equally sure because of prices and because of what you can get in balance elsewhere. I, I, to well, me, it is such a... It's it's not... No one who's not picking him is saying he's... Is doing it in a way that it's like, no way, not a chance. No one's going to do that. I just find that it's just such a fascinating way to start the season. Again, Fantasy Premier League, nice work. Mm-hmm. Valuing him at a place where you've turned it into a raging debate. That's right. For everyone to be forced to decide. So, Brian, I'll say this. You could have Salah at a thirteen billion dollars. And then then pick a six pound and or billion dollar midfielder. Izquierdo, Goodmanson, Barkley, Townsend, Meyer, Balassi, Sherla, Fabinho, Fred. Richie DeCore, just some names. All right, Ross Barkley. So, so pick one of those guys and <laughs> okay. Salah, and then I could go with Erickson and Mane, and or Sané and Mane, and or Sané and Erickson. Which two do you want? 
which two are going to be more consistent? It's in my opinion, it's going to be the two that doesn't have Salah in it, even though he is awesome. I'm not talking trash about him. I'm just saying, give me the more consistent production I think I can get from two other 9.5 guys as opposed to a 13 and a $6 guy. I will be really curious to see how many teams in our particular mini league start yeah. Salah. with Salah. I agree. I think... You're, he's priced to match last year's effort. So the fact that you don't think he's going to hit that means you should not own him. Right. That's fair. Two, what's going to happen to his value? If it's at 13 pounds it's right probably now, gonna, now, it's see, probably going to go down. Honestly, that's the smartest thing you said entire <laughs> pod right there. If he scores <laughs> week one, it'll go up. It'll Will go it up. go up? Not if much. 51% already? That's true. Before the prices fluctuate? How much more fluctuate? can it go up? It can't go up I mean, much more. That's interesting. What? Number would he have to hit hat trick for it to for his price to go, go up, up significantly? Probably. It would go up. If and he had is that not an overreaction though? So yes. so so. But here's the other thing, just business wise, talking about about Salah being that high, chances are it's probably his price is probably not going to go up. In fact, if only Scott, you're probably right. It will eventually slowly drop. If he has a couple dry weeks, people might might bounce and spend the money somewhere else. Therefore, bringing his price down. So wait, wait a month. If you really want to go get him, wait wait a month. You mm-hmm. should make a bet whether or not Mo Salah's end of season price is, is lower than thirteen, or is higher or lower Ooh. than like thirteen. Scott, what would you go with that? Under, uh, without hesitation, it'll be under thirteen. I probably would go that way too, but I, mm. I know that's, exactly. That, mm. All it that's takes makes is you for say, him to mm. do really good <laughs> once. And it goes up. Well, well, but by the end of the season, it could drop. Anyways. I do have a question once we get to Manchester City about something that we didn't Interesting. Do in this thing. Go That's ahead. next. Manchester City. Brian, go ahead. My Manchester City, I feel like Manchester City almost more than anyone else needs a right now and later on. Yeah. Well, um, it goes back to the saying what we said earlier last pod was, hey, I like this guy, but... Leroy right? Sané to start the season, uh, I get he didn't. People bombing on his Community Shield performance today, talking about how he looked sluggish. He came off at halftime or something like that and uh, wasn't exactly uh, the sharpest guy out on the field. Plus Mar- the threat of Mares and whoever else could possibly fill in for him. Talk to me in week two when they're playing Huddersfield and Leroy Sané is playing <laughs> Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, so Sané at nine and a half to start the season, I, I see why he's wildly popular. Also not a world cup guy. Listen, the next two guys, I'm doing it entirely based on, they aren't necessary to what is happening for Manchester city. Kevin DeBrana, the only guy that is the closest thing to immune to Manchester city rotation. I want him, but not week one. <laughs> okay. I want him probably most. But, but not week one. But not week one. And then, uh, call me crazy, but I want Sergio Aguero. I want... He I scored want, a brace today. I want 80 shots in the penalty area, which is what he had last season. He had 42 shots in the penalty area on target, which was the most of Manchester City players. And he missed... April and May, basically. Do, do you like Aguero more than Aubameyang at 11? They're both the same price. 
Listen, if I could start the season with Aguero and Aubameyang and someone else, I would love to do that. I would love to do it. Well, you're definitely not doing that with those two and Salah. But. No, not without a bunch of cheapo guys everywhere <laughs> else. That is for sure. But those are my three. There are other, plenty of other guys. Man, there are so many guys that I would love to have for City, but that's yeah, my three. it's true. Leroy Sané, also number one on my list. Um, Gabriel Jesus was originally second on my list, but after Aguero's brace today, I get why you have Aguero in yours instead. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's it's same same dilemmas last year. Yeah, and then uh, Raheem Sterling is also on my list. Eleven pounds, though. To me, it's more about Salah or really, Sterling. Are you really that confident in Raheem Sterling to reproduce? This season, a record-setting for close him, close to what he did. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to do even remotely close to what Salah does or what anyone else does. Quite frankly, no. Okay, the only City player actually in my lineup right now is Leroy Sané. Uh, I could easily be convinced to go to David Silva at five or uh, eight and a half instead. Yeah, I don't. Sané is the only one who feels safe to me. Pep does seem to like Benjamin Mendy when he's healthy in defense. Yeah. Six-pound defender. I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I'm starting with Leroy Sané. Do I th- to answer your question, no, about Sterling. Okay. But I also was really, really defensive about Kevin DeBrowna for as long as I owned him last year. And in hindsight, emotion taken out of it, he probably didn't perform as high as his price tag was right. high. And so I think Sterling might it might be the same thing. And I got burned. A l- I'm not burned, but I mean, I didn't win with KDB last year, so I'm hesitant to start with him this year. Yeah. So it's Leroy Sané and no one else right now. Okay. All right. I will continue that theme of Sané. Number one, not a World Cup guy, Brian. Uh, I think he's got something to prove. I like a guy, again, I've already said this before, with a chip on his shoulder. Give me some Leroy Sané. Now, Scott... I'm going to bring up this guy, and I don't know if he's going to start, but he should be starting week one, and that's Bernardo Silva mm-hmm. at a 7.5. Now, and, and here's the thing. I probably won't own Raheem Sterling all year. He's in the same Salah class of too expensive. Okay. $11 is too expensive for Raheem Sterling. He had a career, a personal best career year last year. Do I think he can top that coming off this World Cup summer? No, I don't. I, I think he's still a great player. I think he will do great, and Pep seems to love him in the City format. But I am not going to start the season with Raheem Sterling. He's definitely not starting week one. Bernardo Silva at a 7.5. Someone who's been assisting and performing. He got at least one assist today. Bernardo Silva at a 7.5. If he's playing in Pep's, in quotes, system, give me some Bernardo Silva at a number it, it, uh, it, as my second-ranked player. And then number three. Listen, I love Benjamin Mendy. It's dumb how point, a, a point .5 can make you consider a player and not consider a player. Yeah. John Stones at a 5.5 is your cheapest way into a consistent starter in the Manchester City defense, which Odomendi last year was garbage all year, in my opinion, as a natural player. But guess where he ended up fantasy-wise? Third. Like, like third, okay? so Second or third. Second or third. Yeah, was I was going to say there. second. You took third off I my think tongue. He's third. Anyways, bottom line is 
Odomendi, as much as a garbage player as I think he is, ended up very high. John Stones, 5.5 to start the season in the city defense. I think we'll turn a lot of clean sheets just like they did last year. We mock him. We love that we have a segment, the John Stones ownership update. I'm just saying John Stones easily makes my my top three. Listen, I like Aguero. You're not I, I wouldn't argue Aguero anywhere. It it eventually will come down to, you know, is Jesus stealing some time from him? Who knows? We don't know. And or Aguero always seems to pick up some knocks. But a healthy Aguero is also is always a guy that is worth it. I would never argue. If you said Aubameyang Aguero, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe Aguero. Like, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. Like, Aguero in, Aguero in a fully functioning city offense is, is awesome. Uh, so... I'm not going to fault anyone going that direction. Those are my three choices. Sonny Bernardo Silva, John Stones. So my question is, so between Liverpool and Manchester City, what what place of consideration are would Allison or Ederson be? Both high. Both high. It just depends on where you want to. They're five and a half. Five, is yeah. that what does it alone? That by itself is enough to say not going to probably own them? Well, you just have to commit to them. You have to say, I'm going to own one of these. I want to own one of these guys instead of David De Gea at six. Or Courtois, if he's still at Chelsea, and you think that that's still a thing, which up until this year it has been, right. probably not so much this year. Um, you know, it, it just depends. You know who one and two were last season in shots allowed? Shots allowed? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, Zach. Go ahead. No, I don't. Manchester City and Liverpool. Or shots allowed. That's interesting. They had the best shot, like Manchester City. Oh, they, they allowed Manchester the least City, amount of shots. They were the best in, in terms of the fewest shots allowed per game. Yeah. Manchester City allowed 6.26 shots per match. Yeah. So unless they were clean sheets. allowed 7.42 shots per match. Unless there are clean sheets. And Liverpool's defense, I promise you, only got better. That's true. The problem with that is if you're not saving any shots, you're not getting any fantasy points unless you have a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, but I'm telling you, they're both going to get a lot of clean sheets. City and Liverpool. Manchester City was by far the best in shots on target allowed per match. So they were thirty, almost thirty shots better and shots on target allowed over the course of the season than Liverpool. And, and Liverpool honest, was pretty good. A lot, of that is, second. a lot of that is just the fact that they held onto the ball well. Yeah. You know, but interesting, interesting stuff. But I just, I just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I would, I, I think Mendy could be, you know, a lot of people are talking about Mendy. I think Kyle Walker is going to be probably, you know, I assume he'll be right back up there again, you know, in the top, 15 or so same with Otamendi. like i don't see why they would drop off all that much they're both probably both going to be really good options or any three of those guys would be really good options i just think it's really interesting that the the price of the goalkeepers for the two mm-hmm. best defenses in shots and shots on target per match last season it's like they it's just tough it's tough to even consider them compared to the other defenders that are on there, and then there's attacking players to consider too. That's right. Like, what an unbelievable amount of, of consideration you have, and you might not even end up with any of those defensively guys. 
Brian, let's turn it right back over to you for Manchester United. Who are your three guys on United? I can't think of a team when I went through the list that I thought, like, <laughs> I hate this more. So David De Gea was easily, by far, the number one choice. Yes. And it was entirely based on stability and the yes. guy that's predictable. That's I right. cannot make myself choose a Manchester United defender. I cannot do it. I can't pick Phil Jones. I cannot pick... Which is uh, shocking. Uh, Antonio Horn. Valencia would be my first choice if he was going to start the season healthy. And since he's injured right now, I cannot pick him. But but what's interesting is so you you are have the most confidence in the goalkeeper, and then you have zero confidence in any defender. Hey, they get Toby Alderweireld for $6, and he's going to be in there starting I every agree. week. I would love it. That would be but great. We, but that great hasn't choice. gone through yet. But where's Eric, where was Eric Bailly all season last season? Somewhere. Sometimes he was hurt. Sometimes he wasn't. I, to me, it's like I don't even care. So my, <laughs> my second choice is Lukaku because yeah. he's the second most reliable Manchester yeah. United player. And my third choice is Alexis Sanchez as the third most reliable Manchester United player. Yeah. I, it had, to me, this garbage until they sort out what Jose Mourinho is and what he means and what he wants. Those three guys are the three guys that I would say I could count on the most at the, even Lukaku who came back early to train. So uh, to me that I, I don't, I don't think I want anything to do with them. You and I did the same thing. Uh, two of our names are the same as a result. We went with, Guys who we think will play on a regular basis who aren't in Mourinho's doghouse. Yeah. David De Gea and Lukaku, you just have to be willing to pay. Right. If you're going to own those guys. Uh, my third name, because of Valencia's injury, is Ashley Young. Oh, yeah. They did move him to defense, and he's expensive, but... Six. But he's... But he's good. He is good. <laughs> he's good. And so, you know, if you weren't going to go with Alonzo... Yeah. Or Virgil or slash Robertson, you yeah. know, Ashley Young, you could probably do worse. Yeah, Dave. I went a little. Uh, well, I went in the most small margin different. Uh, Alexis Sanchez at a ten point five. Uh, one thing that guy does, and, and he always did for Arsenal. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal homer. Was he literally would show up regardless of what type of turmoil was on or off the field would show up and perform. And um, all the guy wants to do is play. All he wants to do is play. And pet his dogs. 10.5. Look, I don't know what you're getting from United. I don't currently own a United player. I'm not saying that they're bad plays. I'm just not owning them currently because Mourinho is a toxic dumpster fire in my in my opinion. That's not the opinion of the podcast. It's just my personal opinion. Yeah. No, you can, you can that, represent that the Mourinho podcast. Mourinho is, is a, a currently a toxic dumpster fire. So, anyways, Sanchez, most reliable. Then Lukaku. I don't think you can go wrong with Lukaku to 11.0. And then, uh, listen, if this guy plays, so I've had a couple. I've had a couple of these if they play. But Pereira, who had a free kick goal the other day, at a 5.0, I'm, I got my eyebrow raised. Like I'm keeping my eye on that guy because he's one of the cheapest United midfielders yet might earn some playing time because no one else is, is wanting to step up and play. So I'm keeping my eye on that guy, Pereira, at a 5.0. That's all I got. No Pogba? No way. 
eight dollars. Mourinho was willing to bench him last year. Pogba I, is Ryan, vocally am, trying to leave. I agree with Scott. I am completely scared of of Pogba and what could happen. There are way too many other guys, things that are reliable, that I want to start the Premier League season on. Newcastle United. Uh, there's been some turmoil between manager and uh, ownership here as well. Uh, Rafa Benitez not happy with the lack of incoming players that he's been able to sign. And it's been documented on this pod that uh, Newcastle's schedule in the first month of the season is brutal. With all that said, I'll go first. Not going anywhere near these guys, but in the spirit of the pod, I'll just throw out Christian Atsu. He showed the most potential to yep. do something uh, in an attacking form last year. Iosi Perez was better than I wanted him to be at the end of the year, so he belongs on the list. And I really do think at some point I may own Jamal Lascelles. Mm. So I put him third on my list. But again, to be clear, avoid Newcastle for now. Brian, I'll let you finish with Newcastle because I know you love them. Yeah, I love um, I, I echo Scott. Iosi Perez, he's number one for me, not number two. Uh, at a 6.5, ring around Iozzi actually got himself into the title of a pod last year. He was so good. Uh, then Christian Atsu. Christian Atsu, Scott, again, I'll echo you, last year got hurt. Um, but, man, he has Izquierdo terror defense factor. That's right. Right? That's like, right. When at, at full Atsu, it is... <laughs> Holy crap, how do I defend this guy? So now he did get, he picked up an injury and he ended up being out for the rest of the year, but early on he was very good. And then Brian, you'll love this. I yeah. got my I got Paul Dummett in there. Four point five. Guy who always seems to produce Newcastle, historically typically, it's always pretty good at home. Regardless of, of how, where they finish, I think Newcastle will probably finish somewhere mid-table. But at home, Newcastle always seems to be good. Give me some four point five Paul Dummett. My I'm only defensive with Newcastle, and it's only because I, I, I like their... It's basically the same. I like the consistency. Uh, it sucks for Florian Lejeune, yeah. who's going to be out for the season. So somebody, uh, either Kieran Clark or um, Paul Schar. I was Fa- Fabian Schar. Fabian Schar. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> Not even close, Brian. <laughs> Like Dave as it's not often I get to correct you, so I'm going to relish. No, Fabian and Char. Yeah, sure. Uh, that that's a toss up for them. But my my three are uh, it's DeAndre Yedlin and Dubrovka and Lascelles. Mm. Um, I am interested to see what Kennedy does. Agreed. Uh, Kennedy at five is. Um, I mean, that's cheap. That's super cheap, um, and he was good for them for sure. And so, you know, being there permanently, I don't think I'm gonna want the the forwards. Although I get Iozzi Perez, but um, but they also have no. an interesting guy we don't know anything about from Japan. A new signing from Mines, Mu- Yoshinori Muto. Yeah, and that's exactly why you don't have Yoshimura. <laughs> Mara Muto <laughs> on your team because <laughs> you don't know anything about him yet. Yeah. No, I like I like that DeAndre Yedlin is is getting better. I feel yeah. like he's getting better and he's getting better and he is a reliable and attacking seems to player. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. he it's this is not and Benitez the, is no doubt coaching him up. Which and the is feeling great. from Newcastle fans is this is like 
DeAndre Yedlin on his way to like PSG next summer. The kind of guy that like somebody's gonna buy cheap on a really you know kind of a quality big international level next year. It could happen. Um, no, Yedlin's been great. I as much as Paul Dummett was great last year. If if it was Yedlin and Dummett at the same price last year. I would have gladly picked DeAndre Yedlin. The fact was that Dummett was four dollars, right. and was starting. So, no, I would I, like I like him too. But Dummett has been starting for them all preseason. No, I I like all of those guys. I still like Dubrovka as a choice uh, over the course of the season. But yeah, for sure to start the year, no, probably not any of these guys. Brian, <coughs> echoing that about Dubrovka, remember how bad. No one has a worse schedule than Newcastle to start right. the year, right? So, in other words. Any any Newcastle player, I would look after the first eight weeks. It's going to look dreary. Their prices are probably going to be low at that point. You buy them seriously. Their schedule starts off: Spurs at Cardiff, Chelsea at City, Arsenal, then away to Palace, home to Leicester, and at United. After that, things get really cheery. Okay, but no one no one schedule is worse than Newcastle's. Dave, Southampton is next. Who are your Saints? All right, jumping into that quickly, because I don't think there's much here to talk about. But, Scott, a pod favorite that every once in a while pops up in the pod. He goes by the initials of JWP, James Ward Oh, come on. I was hoping he would not come up. James Ward-Prowse, stop, Scott. I know. Listen, you love him. You only hate his playing time consistency. No, He is a year... uh, Stop. Stop. This is my time, not yours. I think that this is a year he establishes himself not only as a starter and a consistent contributor. I currently do not own him. I currently do not own any Southampton players. But if I would, I would own James Ward-Prowse, number one, at a $5.5 billion. And then I like Yoshida, number one, and then Cedric as defensive plays, mainly based on price and schedule. Southampton's schedule to start the year is very good, and their prices are very good. So therefore, I like Yoshida and Cedric at a 4.5s. It's now someone else to tell me how wrong I am. Brian? I like Cedric eventually. Not not week one. You you're, you this falls in the segment of I like him, but yeah, but only because I don't I don't trust that he's going to necessarily start week one. I think there's a big question about that. So I I think with Southampton, I don't want anything to do with almost anyone on their team at all. Also, um, so the people I picked have everything to do with they they've just been there. So Ryan Bertrand is obvious. Ryan Bertrand is continues to just be good no matter what. He's he was top good last defender. year. Right. He was yep. good last year, just fine, I think, for the course of the season. Cedric's a, Cedric is about the same. Like He's a really popular pick, but, I, yeah, just with the uncertainty of him starting, I, I get why he's popular to have you know, overall, but I, you're not counting on him week one. And, yeah, James Ward-Prowse only because, only because look, Dusan Tadic is gone. Who, is, who else is in the midfield? Who's it going to be? I'm telling you, Scott. He's the best guy Scott. that's left in their entire midfield. I can't so. wait. Scott, you're going to have to come around on this. No, his uh, window is passed. Oh, it's shot. He's a young lad. No. Come on, Scott. I'm, I'm burnt and James Ward. I'll tell passed. you who I'm not. I'll tell you who's not on my list. Anyone who's playing forward. No, <laughs> I, 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 no. I don't want anything to do with any yeah, of those guys. That's so, right. So James Ward prowls just solely on his, his price and just saying, like, please. 
This is your opportunity. <laughs> the one guy yes. who was like the guy for yes. Southampton is not there anymore. Come on, and and the, next, the next nope. guy after that was always, hey, maybe this is James Ward-Prowse's season. This is now the time for James Ward-Prowse on, to Scott. have the James Ward-Prowse season. Come around. I won't do it. Brian, I just have one question. Maya yeah. Yoshida at four and a half or Ryan Bertrand at five? No, I would take Yoshida, but Yoshida's not going to start. That's the that's the Asian problem. Cup coming back from Japan World Cup duty, and then yeah, and then I think if it, presumably as Japan is in the uh, the Asian Games uh, to start the you know in the middle of August, I, if 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 Japan is going to field their best footballers, then Yoshida is not going to. Yeah, you assume he's not going to be. I here. wish I would have considered that going into my top three here. Look, I mean, but at this a, point, it's, I'll just it's leave. why like Jan Bednarik is now a consideration for a lot of people because he's he's been there already, is really cheap, and has the opportunity to start week one. But because yet again, like you said, like you've gone. said before, yeah, like you said before, you're not transferring. Okay, great, start in week one and find a way to transfer him out week two or week three. That's stupid. Agreed. Yeah, I like Yoshida and Cedric, um, but for now, Ryan Bertrand. It, you know, I, I'll still put Yoshida on the list, but like you said, yeah. it, he you'd have to stash him at the end of your bench. Uh, and then no, James Ward Prowse. I've too too many times he's been you know the the next guy, <laughs> right? Uh, the guy <laughs> that I keep wanting to be better than he uh, really is. So I'm going to go with one of their new guys, by far their highest priced player, Muhammad El Yunusi. I think he's worthy of being considered as a third third uh, saint that you would bring in. I'm not playing in week one. Not only, I'm not transferring him in to my week one lineup. But uh, I'm telling you, that guy, he might be this year's uh, Milivojevic. Hey, wow. Mario Lamina, just throwing that out there, won't surprise me if we get a few weeks into the season and that guy's producing. Just, just gonna throw I won't be there. surprised if Manolo Gabbiadini makes it into the list of people who we <laughs> want to think about buying too. Eyes in your pronunciation there, that name. <laughs> Manolo Gabbiadini. <laughs> All right, Brian, give us your Spurs. Interesting club. Yeah, Brian, your Spurs. This is an interesting club to talk about. A lot of World Cup guys here. Not a lot of signings. In fact, none, none. as we record. Shocking. Um, I I have a really hard time with this because my my official list of Spurs I want are Kane, Erickson, and Son. I sure. want Kane, I want Erickson, I want Son. Okay. So what's your hesitation with I am them? not owning Kane to start the season. Right. I is it did, I might not hey, hold on. This is not August based. This is this is oh, no, I know. Not based, no no no, right? no, no. Oh, I how know. much of the percentage of that uh, maybe it is how much <laughs> of the percentage of that is based on World Cup and how much of the percentage is based on his August curse his his widely known record of having zero goals in the month of August it is seventy five percent Spurs uncertainty of lineup for weeks one two and maybe three mm-hmm. okay. I am not concerned about August curse. I am slightly concerned about Kane World Cup hangover. So That's fair. Twelve and a half pounds. And so this is another a bit of strategy we can talk about at the end of this. Erickson is too consistent 
and priced right mm-hmm. to to not make it into the midfield at, and be just a fixture in the midfield. And then looking at prices, I, I love Delhi. I love him. But if I can have Son for less, know it when he comes back. And Even is though Son probably at the Asian Games. That's what I mean. He's not going to be there. He he is definitely playing week one against Newcastle. He will not be there. It's a deal that Spurs have already made with South Korea that he will participate in the Asian Games where he can win exemption from his military service. Which means, for any of those who you don't know, any Korean male, South Korean male, must, regardless of occupation... Serve two years in military service after they turn eighteen. Yes, before and I think before like twenty three. Like there's a window that they have to serve military. He has a chance. So at the last Asian Games, South Korea won gold in football, but Son was not on the team because (laughs) Bayer Leverkusen had the rights to him at that point and and did not release him to participate in the tournament. Amazing story. Spurs have a deal where he is allowed to leave. He's allowed to leave. He will leave to participate in the Asian Games with South Korea, but will not participate in any international friendlies at the beginning of 2019. So this is a this is a A a negotiated deal between the two of them. If I could have my number two, would be it's a Victor Moses situation. It would be Rea Trippier. So okay. Well, I, I, a better a better analysis would be then Klein, Trent Alexander, Arnold. Yes, starting position for Spurs last <laughs> season scored that that position scored more points than Cesar Azpilicueta did. Per, points per minute, they scored a hundred. and Trippier scored a hundred and ninety points combined last season. Right, which was uh, Azpilicueta scored one seventy five. Wow, everyone wants the same thing. You would want a nailed on starter but it's just not going to happen so 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 this what do you a, do i don't know okay <laughs> i Fair wish enough. it was i wish it was certain if it was not so expensive i would own them both when it gets to me i I'll, would i would have both of when them. it gets to me i'll tell you what you do but continue but my my final choices are kane erickson and son scott is it my turn yes erickson davies kane nailed down Erickson seems to be a can't miss. Erickson, I mentioned in the in in the beginning of the pod last week, uh, in part one, was hey, give me Christian Erickson. I know at the end of the year that guy's gonna be in the top five of all Premier League scores. Well, all midfield Premier League scores. Give me Erickson. Christian Erickson, I am putting him in my lineup starting. I said this at the end of last year. Why didn't I do this? I'm doing it. Now, I'm starting him, and I'm leaving him. Follow that up with Ben Davies, Brian. That's who I'd probably go with. He was a non-World Cup guy, and Ben Davies is solid. Give me Ben Davies at a 6.0. And, of course, who? no one's going to hate Harry Kane. Give me some Harry Kane. I don't know when he's going to start playing, but when he starts playing, he is expensive, 12.5. Aguero and Aubameyang, can they sustain his scoring rate at 11s and or Lukaku? Maybe. So if that's the case, is you know who's the better own there? Is it, is it Aguero, Aubameyang, Lukaku all at 11s? 
or a Kane at 12.5, is he going to be able to outscore them and justify the $1.5 billion more that you're going to have to spend on him? I don't know the answer to that. But I do know the answer that starting the season, I want Erickson, Davies, and then Kane is my third choice. Scott? Defense is always risky with Spurs because of the rotation. Uh, so for the same reasons you're saying Davies. Ben Davies never rotated last year. Not true. Well, not until Danny Rose got healthy. The end of the year when Danny Rose when Danny Rose got fit, it was a full rotation. It was it was a rotation with Danny Rose and Ben Davis. Ben Davies scored 143 points last year. Sure, he definitely 2300 minutes. That's at least 26 games. Sure, 26 there are 38 of, in the season. Right. Danny sure. Rose wasn't healthy until spring. Late, yeah. Okay, but I will say I see your Ben Davies and I raise you Jan Vertonghen. And if yeah. Alderweireld is sold, as is rumored to be, uh, I think that only solidifies Vertonghen's yeah. place. And he only was five points behind Davies overall last year. So I like Jan Vertonghen. I'm not I'm not owning Kane and Erickson early in the year. I've done that, and I've been hurt. You own them in the second half of the season, not in the first half of the season. So Erickson's third on my list. Um, I know that he was at the World Cup, and I know that you're not going to own two Spurs defenders, but I really think Kieran Trippier might do something. for Whatever the positive version of a World Cup hangover is, I think <laughs> Kieran Trippier could have that leading into the new sure. season once he starts playing regularly. So, so for Kane ownership, if you don't, it's the same with Salah. If you don't start with a really expensive guy that's somewhere in the neighborhood of their value, if you don't start with somebody close and you don't save any money, you're, it is a, it's a, either a huge hit, you're taking a, it's a two week, or it's a two week transfer process, or it's a, or you're taking a minus four at some point, and you're and you're moving from one expensive guy to a cheaper guy. There's no there's no way to do it easily. Here's uh, the deal: Kane and Salah both have to show me something for their price tags. If it comes to the point where they are both must transfer in, I'll go there. But I'm not starting the season with either of them in my lineup. Mm-hmm. I do have four guys who are in the nines. Currently, I agree. this I could too. change. Vardy, Firmino, Sané, and Mane are all in my lineup right now. Mane was added in, as you guys told me on him while we were talking about Liverpool. Say, that's changed. Yeah, it changed. <laughs> but those are four guys in the nines. Yeah. yeah. You know, If I can save my free transfer and have two and take two of these nines and turn them into a 12 and a 6, which at that point when I'm ready to do that, I should have a good idea on who is going to be there at 6-something, who's going to score some points then, you know, I can do that. I can go there. But I want the guy... See, this is the other story of the league is you you have all these guys at the top clubs, but they rotate, right? But their price tags are higher. But then in the mid to low table, you got all these guys who are solidified starters, lower price tags. Yeah. You know, they're for lesser clubs, though, so they're not always going to get the same amount of points. What do you do with that? I like the guys who are going to play every week, even if they're cheaper, even if they're on lesser clubs. I don't max out on City players very easily. I don't max out on Arsenal players and and Chelsea players. I'll play the guys like Alonso who are going to play every week and give me some points. Mm -hmm. But I'm not just going to 
I, I like going to the mid-table guys like the Ryan Bertrands and the James Tompkins and the Richarlisons and the Luka Milivojevic's, Wilfried Zaha's, who, Jamie Vardy's for that matter, who are going to play every week because I like my chances there. If I get more minutes, I got more chances for points. Nothing wrong with that, Scott. Listen, you crushed it last year, and stats prove your point, at least of this moment. <laughs> Watford <laughs> is next. I don't think any of us are super high on Watford in general. Nope. So uh, I'll go first. No. I think I think the new James Ward-Prowse for me is Will Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Five pounds in the midfield. Yeah, I agree. I like Will Hughes a lot. He just lacks playing time. Have we heard that before? Yes. So Will Hughes is number one on my list. I think after that, I'm not willing to go anywhere near forward. And, I mean, there are literally 12 defenders listed for Watford. Mm. I'm not going there either. I don't even want to go near new signing Ben Watford, Relio Gomez, a goalkeeper. Keep me in the midfield. Decore, I like him a lot. There was a time when you needed to own him last year. And I just put on here mostly so that you guys could be entertained. Etienne Capu is oh, my great. Thing. Yeah. All right. So Brian, I'll go next. I'm just gonna jump in here. Yeah. I have Decore on there, but one thing Watford did is they have a ton of guys that have come in, and I think, I think in a minor way, again in a minor way, I think. Gerard De La Feu at a 5.5 is really interesting to me. I got my eye raised on that. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to own any Watford guys to start the season, but De La Feu at a 5.5, I know he's a little nicked up at the moment. I got my eye raised there. Will Hughes, I'll echo what Scott said. Will Hughes, when he's played before, he has this like bleach blonde hair. He's uh, noticeable anywhere he goes in the field. Always seems to be creating trouble for defenses. Uh, kind of like Will Hughes. And then I'll go with Daryl Yonmott, who... You love Daryl Yonmott. You love Daryl Yonmott. Scott is getting diarrhea as you say <laughs> this right now. You love Daryl Yonmott. I love Daryl Yonmott. He would be my third choice if, and I don't own any, if I was to go with a Watford defender. My my three are similar. I agree on Will Hughes. I want Will Hughes more than anything. I want Will Hughes to stay healthy and to actually play. Uh, the feeling for Watford, for sure, is that Will Hughes will get to operate in an in an attacking role, be a, a you know to play in behind uh, anyone who's actually a forward. So I I think Will Will Hughes showed us even in a little bit of time last season. How good he could possibly be, and unfortunately, he got uh, nailed by injuries. You know, in the, when he finally did get his chance, which sucks. I, my, the one defender who I do have an eye on, it's exactly because of price, is Adam Messina, their new signing from Bologna. You couldn't go with Jan Mott? No, I don't want any of the guys who were there before. I, I'm, I'm interested in. Kiko Feminio was in that same, you know, kind of in that same space last year where, you know, he, as as long as Watford's defense was kind of holding up, which they still have some consistency in some of the other guys, but uh, now I'm I'm interested in the the attacking defensive guys for them, and and uh, Watford is 
they're they really like Messina so far, and so I'm I'm curious to see what he does and the price is right for him. And yeah, I like De La Feu too, and it's only because De La Feu is is he was so essential for them coming in last year. It was so it was so important for what they were doing in terms of attack. There is question about whether he's going to start week one. It seems like he will, but uh, but he would be a guy I would consider. But I think given the choice, You're buying the name brand, uh, uh, Will Hughes for five though. Will Hughes for five is Scott, I don't think the, any of us are buying choice. any of them. But I'm saying if you had to pick guys. Oh, I Dan like Lafayette Will. Is at 5.5 and Will Hughes, Hughes is, is a, a five. Will Hughes is one of the best fifth midfielder options you could have. Yeah. I think that's some strong praise, but I like it. If you had to pick someone from Watford, I'd have my eye raised with both of them. Brian, back to you with your uh, other club, West Ham. Uh, there's still a lot of injuries here to start the new season, but let's yep. find three guys that we're okay with for West Ham. New manager, Manuel Pellegrini there, by the way. I My list is basically what you'd expect here. I, I, I'm i glad that they have a bunch of new signings. I'm, no, I, my, my only question is who's number one. I know who the first two choices are. You mean who's number three? No, I, I just curious. Who Actually, he loves my more. first two, oh, my I first see. two are it's Marco and then Fabianski uh, are, really? are my first two. Aaron Cresswell, uh, as much as I love him, five and a half. You say it's too expensive. Five and a half. I, 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 I don't doubt him. I don't doubt his ability to repeat what he did last season. I think he can definitely be just as good, if not better, than he was. I was gonna last say season. he had 118 points last year. That's very good. That's very That's good. A very good. It's a very good uh, thing. One of my favorite stats, though, about West Ham from last year was that West Ham had uh, they conceded some absurd. There was like one of the most goals of anyone in the Premier League, but they had the most clean sheets of any team outside the top six. Interesting. So. Can this defense be better than they were last year? Yeah, they can definitely be better. It was terrible last Jop, season. Do you don't think Jop's going to add some It can some help. Steel? It can definitely help. Uh, but you got to wait my, to see on a guy like that, though. No, but my like I, I just think the midfield is so uh, the midfield's so weird right now. And until that it gets sorted out, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. So the guy who's on fire is Marco. Marco Arnautovic is on absolute fire. The schedule for West Ham to start, not exactly uh, confidence-inspiring. What are you saying? What are you basing Marco being on fire on? That he's scoring in the preseason. Okay. That, right. he's, that he's scoring and scoring, and that he is, and he just keeps scoring. <laughs> I'm not worried about necessarily him for matchups, because even like we saw at the end of the uh, last season, he's still creative. He's he's such a creative player and such a good player. I'm not concerned about him depending on the, you know, I don't think it's any matchup dependent thing with him. But, you know, you yeah, do you want him playing against all of the top teams all in the first like 8 weeks or something like that? No. I don't I don't necessarily want that. Dave, I go with Marco 7.0. Agree with Brian, he's on fire. Look, give me that guy's currently in, in my uh roster. Regardless of look, their their starting schedule is just 
brutal. Yeah, but last year the whole thing was Marco's a flat track bully. I lost a bet with you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Because of their schedule. So if that's the case, I'm I've got Zaha in my lineup to start, that's not fair. Marco. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I hear you. So I go Marco and then Cresswell. The five point five doesn't scare me much, although I currently don't own him. I think there's other options there, but I do like him. And then I'll go so far as to go with Masuaku. As You're crazy as my number as my third best own with honorable mention, Yarmolenko, a new signing at a 7.0. We have not seen him. He's 28. West Ham highly brought in. The West Ham paid 18 million pounds to bring him in, along with Felipe Anderson. It's just a lot of question marks there, but. I'll stick with, again, Marco Cresswell and Masuaku. Yeah, the question marks are the fact that there's a new manager who's brought in these new guys. How like we He knows what he's got with the guys who have been there. What is, what is he going to do, and how quickly is he going to assimilate these new signings into the squad? Also, by the way, it won't surprise me. I know you'll, you'll poo-poo this, but if, if Jack Wilshere no, mention becomes him. mentionable no, on this podcast. Not a bit. If he becomes mentionable, no. it won't surprise me. Nah. Right. I agree with you. Eventually, I think those new signings are going to be probably where we go. Yeah. I think Aaron Cresswell, he's another one of those guys we've given way too much lip service to for what he's produced over the years. Wait a minute. He Sorry, finished Brian. really good last year. 118 points, but five and a half pounds. That's a, that's that's what I mean. a, that's I, a, that's a number two defender price. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly why. As much as I love him, that's what I mean. I, I am not in any way, I'm not trying to go out of my way to get by the Aaron way, Cresswell week six injury. Just predicting it right now. <laughs> for who? For Aaron for, Cresswell. For, hey, Aaron Cresswell. Hold on a second. He was twelfth overall in overall points last year. Yeah. I stand by what I'm saying. But I know, but he's twelfth. You just don't blow by that. All right. I would. I would argue. I'm, that- I'm not worried about him getting injured as much as I am. I. I, I just feel like West Ham has so much. That this is so many new things. There's also a lot of guys here. This is a, a lot ton. of players. And the midfield, like, look at the midfield. I mean, uh, how this is going to shake out with new signings and established guys, and like we said even in, uh, not too long ago, Robert Snodgrass is back on the team. This is He had as good of a performance in the championship last season as anybody else did in the midfield. But the one club he hasn't done it for is... West Ham United. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm not, I am not at all, like that, that whole midfield thing, especially like I get that they want Jack Wilshire to be involved, but like they didn't sell Mikhail Antonio. He's still there. And Mark Noble needs a spot. And Masuaku was playing basically as a, he was listed as a defender last year, and now he's in the, he's a midfielder this year. Like, what what happens with Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko and all of these other guys? How that fits with Marco Arnautovic and Chicharito if he's the one that's playing up front or whoever it is? I just feel like there is so much here. Yep. One of the guys that really is intriguing in defense is Ryan Fredericks, mm-hmm. but I but again. What am I going to do? Own a $5 West Ham defender to start the season? I can't do it. Nope. That's why I went with known quantities to start the season. Antonio, Marco, and Chicharito, but I don't actually own any of them. And it, honestly, the, everyone buying, like Fabianski is really popular, but I mean, I don't just, know. boy, are you hoping for a bunch of saves. You're, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, yeah, there's, there's just no way. Uh, that leaves us with Wolves. We've given them a pod as well. So, Dave, give us your list of three, and we'll wrap this up. Well, with the Wolves uh, podcast is a lot of fun. 
I will start off obviously with Die- Diogo Jota mm-hmm. at a six point five, Jimenez at a five point five, and Willie Bolly Brian at a four point five. Those are the Wolves. If I were to own them, which a couple days ago I did own Jimenez, that has changed. I spent that money somewhere else, going from Soul Bomba to John Stones. But now I'm back on Kamara. That's my wolves. <laughs> Brian, what do you got? It's a lot of people. Yeah. I am staying true to the names that we named specifically in the podcast with Jota Nevis okay. and Rui Patricio. Um, I am not confident in any way whatsoever in the Wolverhampton Wanderers defense or goalkeeping. I just think... Yeah, since that pod, they got rid of Barry Douglas, their most expensive defender. Yeah. We, I wanted Barry Douglas. By the way, was in my lineup <laughs> after that pod. It's, obviously, as soon as he got sold, I shipped him out. But doggone it, Barry Douglas was there. Yeah, and they they have the same kind of thing at least for the start of the season in terms of like pretty a pretty good balance of of okay matchups and bad matchups and good matchups. I feel like the the first. Definitely the first 10 weeks, you're not, it's not terrifying at all. It should be a, a good way for them to, it's challenging, but not overwhelming in the first 10 weeks for Wolves. So, yeah, can they sort this out? Can they, can they get a good run in there? Sure. I, I just think, like we saw last season, the, the goalkeeper here to me makes, makes a little bit more sense. I don't know that I will actually own him myself, but four and a half for a guy who's, who's usable is uh is not terrible uh similar list for me jota boli and patricia we have done it we've given you 60 plus names to consider for your first squad of 15 that's a lot lineup is due before an hour before kickoff united versus leicester on friday afternoon slash evening if you're actually in england and uh, that's when the season begins. you got to get your lineup set. We've given you plenty to work with. I changed my lineup as we were going through this pod based on the advice of what we were given. If you're listening to this pod and you ju- you're getting to the end of it now and you've been listening to this whole thing with your squad in front of you, you will benefit. I have no doubt about that as you start your season. I hope so. Otherwise, we're just doing this to hear ourselves talk <laughs> and drink bourbon, that's which true. may or may not happen on a regular basis. Hey, Brian, you got anything else? No, I just cannot believe we're so close to the start of this. Hey, season. we are uh, less than a week away. We are technically, this is Sunday evening, Friday evening in most places, Friday afternoon here in the States. Leicester, Manchester United kick off the season. And then Saturday morning, it's my favorite Saturday morning to wake up all year. The start of the Premier League season at 7 o'clock. I don't even know who's playing. It won't matter because I'll be watching. I am excited about that. Good information. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, until next time.